Okay. Good morning, gentlemen. I'm going to do my best, but this is an airport um, recording, and there's a lot of uh, noise in the background. Um, okay, so we are... We are on Samahamid Bay, 60B, the last line. So, um, we mentioned that if people put out traps, that, uh, and uh, then they catch animals, that it's only fair that even though these traps are in public ground, that uh, the animals belong to the owners of the traps. And that's because of Darke Shalom. Now, in theory, in certain traps, the animals are not yet, haven't been acquired. No one made a Kenyan on them. And so even though the other person dug the hole, someone else could acquire it. So the Gemara explains, if the traps are made where there's an inside, like a cage or something, no, there would be no arguments that uh, the, uh, the traps, the owner acquires them. When is there a debate? In the case where this, the, um, the art scroll has explanations exactly of what these look like, but these are other kinds of traps where the animal is trapped, but it's in a public spot. And so there, it's not so clear that it would have been uh, considered stealing if somebody takes the animal that's in the trap. So, I'm sorry, then we said, so he said that if you find an object belonging to one of these people that is, isn't uh, is insane or a child or, or a deaf-mute, uh, their objects uh, really, Minatora, they don't um, have complete control over them, but uh, the rabbis instituted that it should be considered like theft. Now we said it's complete theft, uh, rabbinic theft. Now what's the difference whether you call it theft or complete theft? If they could actually go to court and cause, take it away from somebody that grabbed it, uh, because we're calling it complete theft. Then we said also, that if the poor person is high up on the tree and he's knocking down the fruits, so again, these are fruits that he's entitled to, but he didn't acquire them yet. So in theory, if someone picked them, they'd be allowed to have them, because of Dark Shalom, we say they belong to the Ani. Tani, we learn, im loket benosim biyad, if he first put them in his hand up on the tree and then dropped them, and then somebody took them, that's complete theft. We're just talking about where he knocked them down. And then, it's, then it was because of Dark Shalom. The Gemara brings this story. He came to the village of Tamri. Somebody was um, throwing something at a high tree to knock down the dates. So he helped himself to some of them. Amalei, the other person said, maybe you didn't notice, the biyadu shadisa. No, I didn't just knock these down, which isn't so clear that it's, that whether or not uh, it could be that uh, I don't own them, but I put them in my hand before I knocked them down. So he understood that the person who did it actually was a learned person. Most people learn that he thought that this wasn't, was an Eni Yehudi or somebody who really, um, he's not obligated to let that person keep them and he could take them. But once he understood it was a learned person, oh, he said, Asr Yasha, Asr Karelev, Yisod Olam. 
in his places, all the people knew the halachas that you put it in your, in your hand first and then it belongs to you. Then we said, that if uh, Yehu didn't come and grab these uh, 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 gleanings and other things, even though it's really for, it's a mitzvah to give an ani Yisrael, your family first, but uh, if someone else takes it, we don't make a fight. Uh, if we give to the hungry, we give to all types. And if we visit the sick, we visit Yehudim and Ein Yehudim. And we bury all. We do them both. Uh, Rashi says when we say you bury him, it doesn't mean together. Rashi, e masa Yisrael together with where you bury Yidin. Lo mikavri Yisrael, not in a Jewish grave. It means that you take care of them. If you find them, uh, they need burial, then there's a mitzvah to bury them as well. Let's see the Mishnah on Samach Aleph 61a. Okay, the Mishnah says, Mishala isha lechavita hachashuda alashvias. Now, what do you do? if you're in an area where the, uh, you live and the other people don't keep the laws of the sabbatical year. So you don't want to do something forbidden and enable them to eat, but they're your neighbor and neighbors loan each other equipment. So a, a neighbor, a woman, is allowed to loan her fellow neighbor even though she's not sure if the neighbor follows the laws correctly. Napa v'kiva v'rechaim v'taner. Regular kitchen implements. Uh, she's allowed to loan them her kitchen implements to use in processing that food. That's just Darkei Shalom. But he, she shouldn't work, actually help prepare that food because we suspect that it's forbidden food. Uh, another halacha, Eishas Chavar Mishala, a similar halacha, not sabbatical year. In general, Eishas Chavar Mishala, Eishas Amor. So let's say there's a, a woman who's learned and very careful in our laws, who lives next to a woman who's not. So she's allowed to loan her her sifter and her sieve, in this case, she's allowed to help her uh, cook and prepare. But if the food is already wet, you shouldn't, she shouldn't touch it. Because then this food, you don't want to help somebody do something forbidden. And once the food is wet, technically it would be impure. And all of these are darkei shalom. And you're allowed to help non-Jews during the sabbatical year. And a person should uh, ask about them. That's darkei shalom. Let's see the Mishnah. Uh, let's see the Gemara. So, what's the difference between the two cases? If you have a neighbor that's eating forbidden foods, the first case it was sabbatical foods, and the second case it was somebody who was an amaoritz and suspect that they weren't tithing correctly. What's the difference? In the first case, you weren't the, you, a woman wasn't allowed to help her neighbor. In the second case, she was. Maishna, Reishna, Maisa, Seifa. What's the difference between the two? So, Amar Abai, Rov He says, in the first case, you can assume that she's from the majority that do tithe, and therefore, technically, it's not forbidden. That's answer number one. Rabbi gives a different answer. Here we're going like Rav Meir. Rav Meir holds that, uh, they, that the Amaratzim did um, tithe, but they weren't careful in the laws of Tumah. He says a woman who wasn't learned wouldn't know the laws of purity. 
the Chachamim, they say the ignoramus is kosheina maise peirosev. How do you define the level of leniency that you'll find with people that aren't learned? Do you have to suspect they don't tithe? That's the Chachamim's opinion, and then they're really doing an iser. Or is it just that they don't know the laws of purity, which are complex? If it's just purity, as long as the food isn't wet, they're not doing something forbidden. So like Rameir, as long as the food isn't wet, then you're in good shape. So the more has a question on this explanation, but that we only began the discussion about Tumo once the water came in. That implied that earlier on that we weren't dealing with that discussion about Tumo Vitara. So the Gemara says, now, really, Reisha Vesefa Betuma Vitara, Reisha Betuma Schulen. In the first case, we were talking about regular food, which is not a, uh, eating an impurity. Vesefa Betuma Schala. In the Sefa, we were talking about Chala. And Chala, um, if it's Tameh, it's a major issue. That's like, um, uh, so there, that's the difference between the two cases. For Raminhu, the Gemara has a question as we turn the page. We're now on Samach Aleph Ahmed Beis, 61a. You're allowed to grind or leave your food with people that might not be careful in the laws of Shvias. And even with people that don't follow the laws of purity. But you can't help them. You can do your food, but you can't help them with their food. So um, we see you can't help them. Over there, that case that you can't help them is we suspect that it's truma and it's tame, and that's a real problem, and that's tuma midiraisa. So then the Mara says, So why are you allowed to leave your same food there if you suspect they're tame? You can leave your truma with a plain Yisrael because he's not going to mess with it. But if he's a Kohen and he's an ignoramus, we're afraid he'll mess with it and make it impure. He doesn't worry about truma. There is a security from keeping it tame if you have it in an earthenware vessel that's sealed. And therefore, you're not afraid that he's going to mess, he's going to touch it and make it impure. Once it's in the sealed earthenware vessel, you can, you can just ask him to hold it for you, and you're not afraid he's going to mess it up. But maybe if his wife during the wrong time of the month will pick it up, it'll be a problem. So there's different things that, uh, it depends on whether they were wet. If they're not yet wet, you're not worried of that kind of tumma. If they're wet, then you would be worried. For Raminu, the more is a question. If somebody carries grain letochen, kusi, o letochen amaoretz, if the, uh, they're being brought to a kusi or an amoritz who grinds them, you can assume that they are the way you left them. So that implies that you can't trust them. So can you trust them or can't you trust them? So Lumar said, well, what's the question? We said that if they're not wet yet, then you're not worried about it. So, but a korile, my korile, we gave that answer already, that typically when things aren't wet, you can trust them, meaning you're not worried they'll make a tummy, and if they are wet, you are. So why did we uh, even bother asking the question? So Lumora said, because there's another issue bothering us over here. There's the, uh, the other issue is, 
granted, we're not afraid that you, they could make your foods tame, especially if they're in an earthenware vessel, especially if they didn't become wet yet, that they can't make your foods tame. But there's a different problem, and that is, how do you know they won't switch your foods? And that's the next question. Um, uh, and the question is, it's true. As far as Meister and Shvius, you don't have to assume your things are fine, but aren't we afraid they might take yours and put theirs? And theirs would be something that's not a sabbatical produce or not properly tied. For a minhu, let's ask a question from the following cases. Let's say a person has a mother-in-law, oh, the famous mother-in-law. And this is a mother-in-law that doesn't keep the laws, so uh, is, is, is not learned. So then you should tithe before you give it to her, because she might take yours. And when you take it back, you should tithe it also. You're afraid that the mother-in-law might take yours and put another one. So we see that we do suspect that uh, your food can be switched. So why don't we say that over here? So the Morris says, no, that's different. Hasig tani taima. I'm sorry. Vesu notemichlefis. So we see um over there we're afraid if it goes bad or she wants to use it up and put fresher stuff. We see over there that we are suspect. What's the difference? So the Morris says, no, there we said the reason. Over uh, over there, since it's her daughter, she's worried about her daughter that her food should be fresh. Ubosha mechasnoi. And she's uh, worried about her son-in-law, and she wouldn't want, uh, it's possible that she would want to change it out if it, the produce was going bad, and she wants them to have the right food, and there we suspect. But usually we don't suspect somebody might take yours and switch it out. The Morris says, is that truly that we're not typically worried that somebody might exchange yours for theirs? What about when you're staying in an inn? When you go to the inn, you should tithe in case she uses it. And when you get it back, in case she switched it, so we see in the end also, you have to suspect they exchange your food. So uh, again, we originally didn't worry about them switching out your food. We were just worried that they would touch your food. Here, we're worried that they'll exchange your food. Why is this different? So the Gemara says the case of the inn is different. She's going to say to herself, the, the uh, scholar is going to eat fresh food and I'm going to eat cold food. Uh, it, it either means that uh, she wants the better food and, um, or she wants the better food for the rabbi or she wants the better food for herself. But there's a reason why we suspect that somebody would do. So the Gemara has one final question. Are we, so basically these two cases of the hotel or the inn and the mother-in-law, we suspect that somebody may switch. But regularly, we don't suspect. That's basically what we say. Okay, we will stop here. Uh, is that true that regularly we're not suspects?